0: Hi, I'm Sadek. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 37 of Shades of Brown. And this week, we're going to start off with some uh, notable uh, deaths. Uh, not people. Uh, these are uh, services uh, that have died. Oh, there's um, actually, before
1: we actually hop in and start talking about them, have you ever seen this website called The Product Graveyard?
0: No, I have not.
1: So it's essentially just like a listing of all of these services that have died oh like it is just like if you ever have the free time i'm gonna throw it in the show notes um you can find it at two shades the website's productgraveyard.com. uh and you can even submit autopsy reports of services that have died like it's very it's it's very good and you don't even if you go to the website and you click on it you can send flowers it'll tell you what why it was memorable <laughs> um it'll tell you alternatives that are still around like yeah let me send you the we're going to be talking about aol instant messenger that uh recently passed away yeah um
0: aim america's online service right um the messaging service
1: if you look at it it's gonna be like the cause of death is that AIM never figured how to shift the mobile and was murdered by (laughs) other messaging apps like it's it's all good stuff but uh yeah yeah, aol
0: AOL, uh I mean AOL's still around in the husk uh of, of a company, I guess.
1: Called Oath uh, I mean, now.
0: Yeah. But AIM, um, the sort of the one sort of the OGs of internet messaging, I guess. Uh it's just, it's just it's just been shut down. Like I guess it has been a life support all these years. Like I don't I don't think there's been like active like development or like uh maintenance, just maintenance stuff. Uh, so they I guess they decided to just clean it up and shut it down. Um, and I, I'm not American, so I've never actually used uh AIM, but christian yeah, you, you can you can for you though right? It was
1: it was uh Windows MSN messenger? messenger yeah MSMS messenger. messenger yeah yeah uh it's it's like the same thing though right like if yeah it it's, is. it's so um AOL and Messenger AIM like so back when I was like eight right we used to have our MySpace pages with like the real bad html and then just uh you, you hit up your friends on a on aim you'd have like i remember one time i had this myspace page it was 100 percent black uh the text was neon or blue um and i had this really bad blinking uh gif of my aim username um I'm not going to pull a Wayback Archive. I have a link to it. I'm not going to pull it out. It's not going to be in the show notes. Don't at me. Um, but it was like, and then it had like some really bad death metal and sort of some screamo playing in the background when you went to the page, right? And I used to use MySpace to like share music with
0: people. Like, uh, it was a time. I mean, that was an era of, yeah, like very garish uh, designs, but... Uh, it like that era of messaging was certainly, uh, like, uh, sort of like uh, it was interesting. I think it's sort of weird that, like, we come back to these closed messaging services after all, like, the, because of XMPP not working out.
1: Well, AIM was an open uh, standard. I thought, I thought you there's there absolutely I mean, it wasn't, well, really... it wasn't an open standard, but it was reverse engineered where you could essentially use it with anything, right?
0: Yeah, but like the problem was, like, like, uh, AOL could essentially break it at any time you know like they could update the protocol and break third party clients yeah you
1: remember when uh microsoft kept trying to get msn messenger to work with aim and then alo would break it every other update like that was a thing for a while he's like so how we used it though right is when i'd get home from school or whatever right in the third second grade you log on you you jack in jack into the net (laughs) uh we're we're using like computers at vista on them then uh And we would just like, you'd be on a A A instant messenger or MySpace chat after a while, too, once uh, AIM sort of died down. And people would post, like, statuses in their away. It was, like, away messages. It was, like, sort of, like, a, a, like a proto-Twitter, proto-Mastodon. It was very interesting. Um, and then you'd hit people up. You'd be, like, you'd just be bullshit chatting with them. Like, it's say to use messages. I am for now, right? But then it'd just be, like, you know, get home, be, like, what everyone's doing. And then you'd, like, say, hey, let's meet up here. And then you'd go out and hang out with them. And then you'd have, like, your, your bad flip phone. Like, I remember back then, everyone, everyone
0: always, all the cool kids had a razor. Um. MSN Messenger was a lot, a lot of the same sort of uh, use. Uh, like the people would put all these fancy like messages and emoticons. Uh, they were called emoticons back then. Emoji was not a term that was, uh, I think, not doesn't exist outside of Japan probably. But uh, yeah, so emoticons in in the in, like you could set, like you could get like this custom MSN Messenger mod that would like allow you to do have more features. Like you would like hook into MSN Messenger and have like. Uh, custom like skins and uh, designs and like all kinds of like customizations options it was it was a wild time for software like it was it was it was something uh and, like you you'd have to log in like connect like you right after you' like connected with your dial up modem like you'd have to uh connect to Amazon messenger and stuff like that so it was a good times. it was
1: uh, it was good it was good stuff i i'm i miss it uh i'm glad it's gone um me and Sato are going to try real hard not to get into debate chat apps right now, I think. I yeah, think I it's think best just to yeah, move on because I yeah, just the, the, it, uh, the, the next segment that we could go into is a 30-minute rant on Electra, but I don't think anyone wants to hear this. No, no That's buddy, where it's going to end up.
0: Uh, speaking, <laughs> of, speaking of things that... Uh, well, actually, that's not a good segue. Uh, speaking of uh, another dead thing, uh, or recently dead thing, uh, Groove Music. Groove Music uh, also
1: song. was in a uh, lifespan state because you have to remember what Groove Music started off as. Zune Music Pass, which would give you five free song downloads each month, which were DRM-free, I believe, but in WMA format. (laughs) And you had to use the Zune uh, desktop app to get it, which, honestly, real talk, that Zune desktop app is a baller music player. Like if you can get that thing to run right now in compatibility mode on Windows, that shit's baller. Like I, well, I, I think we've talked on previous episodes about how much I love uh, like first generation, second generation Metro. And that shit, that's, that is extremely my shit. <laughs> like the Zune desktop app. But so it started off as that. And then it turned into Xbox music around the time Windows 8.1 and Windows uh, 8 rolled around for Windows Phone. Um, and then when Windows 10 rolled out, Microsoft rebranded it as Groove Music. Um, the, des- the desktop Windows apps were okay. The Windows RT app was hot garbage back when I had a Surface. Uh, it was always good on Windows Phone. Always been a good service. Um, Groove Music itself is actually a really good app. I think it's a good app. They added the um, Locker feature that Google Music does and... Uh, Amazon Cloud uh, Music. I think it's hard about the Amazon Cloud Music. I remember on AssetEye Tech, I had a review of it way back in 2000, like, <laughs> that it 10. It it's now, like, Amazon Music Unlimited or something like that. Like, But it's, it's the same product. It's been unbranded. Um, so it's, it's that sort of service. And Microsoft shutting it down. They're giving users a migration path to Spotify, which I think is probably the best way forward. Um, Rest in peace, good desktop apps. Uh, mobile apps were hot garbage on anything but Windows Phone. Microsoft, recently for Groove Music. I guess so many engineers are pissed off that they actually did, that they killed it, right? Because they redid the entire apps from the ground up using Xamarin, and they were good. They looked, they looked at the Windows 10 ones, but they still were, had, were native, right? Because Xamarin always, you can do the cross-platform UI stuff, but it still feels native because it uses it swaps out for native controls on it when you need to. Um. So it's, I like Groove. I mean, I understand why it's sad. No one's using it. It's, Microsoft's probably paying more in music licensing fees than they're getting in terms of people spending for it.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. This is one of those things that we're going to actually talk about this a little bit uh, in the next topic uh, in the list. But uh, this is Microsoft cleaning up. This is all cleanup. This is Satya Nadella just like cleaning up all the stuff that loses Money, right? It's not making them money, I would imagine, uh, at this point. I, like any CEO, I would think, at this point, would be like, yeah, we got to kill that. Uh, so, yeah, recipes, uh, group Music, I guess. Um, I guess
1: uh, it's, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, too, there's like 10 people. There are 10 people, it's exactly 10, who have been with this shit since Zood Music passed.
0: Yeah, there's probably a, a small contingent of people that who are very, well, actually, like, speaking of small contingent, I was on the RSP forums uh, and when on uh, this news story broke and they were like "There's this one person who was like i've been using this since the zune past days and i'm like like how that is a long-term loyalty there
1: against. there is no more painful relationship in tech than that of a long-time microsoft customer
0: <laughs> that is true <laughs> that is the goddamn <laughs> truth uh that is that is has always been true in many different ways not just consumer software but also enterprise uh, like so, remember connect oh god <laughs> connect, don't even talk to me about connect <laughs> don't <laughs> at me, <laughs> don't <laughs> <add> me. <laughs> connect. <laughs> um, connect is yeah microsoft has a lot of these Bal. i call them balmer projects because like these all a lot of these like started during balmer's reign at uh microsoft and satya is just like you know cleaning all this garbage out of microsoft
1: oh my god remember too uh windows live essentials like, it wasn't, oh, like, Outlook oh, or anything God. like that. No, it was, like, yes, Windows Movie yeah. Maker, Windows Photo Gallery. Uh, it, it shipped with uh, XP. Yeah, XP, seven? Through, XP yeah. through 7. It shipped with XP and yeah. Vista, and then 7 was an optional download. You remember Windows Blogger, Windows Live Blogger? Yep, yep. And I, you, I, I, I kept nagging you to install, like, this WordPress extension so it would work with asinine tech.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah there's, oh there's a lot of these. Lo- like, remember Outlook Express? Yeah, well, uh, rest Outlook in peace. Express. Yeah. I mean, let's move on to like the next dead Microsoft thing, I guess. Um, it's not dead. Is
1: it Is it dead if it never came <laughs> out?
0: <laughs> yes, well, no. I guess it never never had the chance to be born. Uh, but uh the there was a a Windows Central had a post, uh I guess they got some big uh they got a leak device or like a prototype. Oh, they got a prototype. Uh, of the of an unreleased all screen uh Win- Lumia Windows phone and this thing is 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 is, is something like it, it's an interesting looking uh, device if it ever came out in the real world uh but we all we have is the prototype so what's what's
1: interesting yeah. about this is that right so it's bezelless Lumia phone but it's also it's meant to be a low end one so this would have been a cheap phone right and yeah. this is two thousand fourteen right so like. If they had released it in 2014, this, this design holds up in 2017, right? Three yeah, years later. Does. If this came yep. out today as a, like Android phone, I'd be like, that's a really good low end Android phone, right? <laughs> like, yep. I mean, obviously, maybe they upgraded the processor to like a Snapdragon 600 or like a better camera, right? But assuming that the specs, the design stayed the same, but the specs sort of shifted to where a low end phone stands at in 2017, if this is like an Android 1 device, yep. this would be a, like a killer purchase. So, this was, is,
0: yeah, this this is ahead of its time. Honestly, I'm looking at the device's design and, and the current design trends of uh current phones are like going bezel-less, you know. Uh iPhone X uh, all the other smartphones uh that are coming out this year. Uh bezels are basically gone. And this this phone like it's 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 go, it's moving to a, it is basically bezel-less, right? there's only like a bottom bezel?
1: Yeah. And a
0: minimal like top bezel, so it's it is basically copying uh, I'm not copying. I mean, it's it's like way ahead of its time, and Jesus, that's it's what it could have been if this was actually released. But uh, this is this is a this is a way of saying like, you know uh, the news also came out. This is not in the show notes, uh, I guess, but it's I think we should put it in. Uh, rest in peace, uh, Windows Phone. Uh, Windows Phone has sh- had
1: the most prolonged. Like it's been in a hospice for so long. Microsoft has just been like you know, putting it on life support and just like slowly turning down the power. And now now Joe Balfoury came out on Twitter and is like, yeah, we're going to keep supporting the platform. And so as of right now, what they're speaking of is Windows 10 for mobile. There is Windows 10 on for ARM, which is different, but can also run at different sizes. Um, So I'm about to break out of the scope because I I actually want to explain the differences between this because uh, so I'm going to talk about Andromeda for a minute. (laughs) So. What Microsoft is doing right now, because Microsoft doesn't know how to name things, and they have 10 million SKUs. Um, around the time of Windows Vista, they back Windows code was Longhorn, they had one core or one Windows was the codename for it, where essentially the kernel, the driver layer, everything below the user land was compartmentalized, right? So no longer do I need Windows embedded kernel, right, to run on ARM devices. NT itself can run on ARM by itself, and you can build on top of it, NT being the kernel for Windows. And the driver layer can be ported to different um, devices, right? IoT devices, ARM devices, 64-bit servers, right? It's all the same thing. No longer would they have to split uh, that, like the lower level stuff with, between different teams. But now what they're doing with it's called, I think, One Windows is the internal name. The code name was Andromeda, but now they've officially called it One Windows, something like that, where they're taking the user land stack and doing the exact same thing. So think of it for the Windows shell. There's a project called Seashell. We've talked about it before on the podcast. Um, Seashell is, it's essentially, it's redoing the entire Windows shell in XAML, which is uh, the same UI framework stuff that uh, UWP apps are built on top of. So it's portable. Because right now, if the shell on Xbox, the shell on a Windows 10 desktop, and by shell, I mean the start menu, the file explorer, um, the taskbar, Those are all separate projects. So what they're doing is making it so that that one shell is extendable. So where there is a mobile interface for it, there is an Xbox interface for it, and there is a desktop interface for it. And this works where now if we have something called Windows on ARM, which is different from Windows 10 Mobile, Windows 10 Mobile was just the evolution of Windows Phone. That's gone. Microsoft has killed that off. Windows 10 on ARM is still alive. And that is if you have a six-inch tablet, right? It will show you the mobile the mobile um shell but you plug into a desktop or a monitor now for continuum and it won't and it's going to be the full shell it's going to be the same start menu that you see on a desktop right no longer does it have like this weird sort of hacked up continuum implementation like that's the user thing and if if you plugged it into the tv i guess in theory you could get the xbox ui if you wanted to or at least some of it right like a a version of that Um, so that's what Microsoft's doing. So when they say they're killing Windows 10, they're killing Windows 10 mobile, that's going to stop security updates and um, baseline enhancements for two, three years because Microsoft's really good about supporting things. Uh, but there are no more feature updates coming to that. But they still have mobile efforts. They still have tablet efforts at Windows 10 on ARM and Andromeda, which is just sort of compartmentalizing the actual user land part. Like another part of it too would be telemetry, right? If you want like LTE on Windows 10 right now, it's... If you're an OEM, right, and you have a phone, that's a different stack than if you're doing on desktop Windows, right? So now it'd be the same thing. So now, like, the real benefit, I guess, is for OEMs, like if for, like, a Project Trouble, right? Or they can be, like, to Microsoft. I want a Windows 10 device that can support the mobile UI, if need be, can connect to mobile networks, but doesn't have Win32 support. And Microsoft can say, okay, cool. We've separated all that bits in their own, their own like, separate projects, right? So we can just give you those components without having to give you a specific SKU of Windows that has it all built in. Uh, so it's a little confusing. It's more technical than anything else. It doesn't really matter. This is all, and this honestly is all because Microsoft doesn't know how to name things.
0: Yeah, this is, this is Microsoft's internal problem of actually being able to name products. Uh, I mean, this is all good. This is all like, like, this is stuff that people are never gonna see, like explicitly see. Like it's not like this is not like back, back end stuff. Like this is maintenance. This is this is the kind of rebuilding the OS that you start to do. You know, like this is
1: this is like Apple redoing the menu bar and the dock in Swift for macOS ten point thirteen. Right, like it acts the same, it looks the same, but it, you're getting rid of technical debt.
0: Yep, yeah, this is what this is. Uh, our next topic, we have some more Microsoft news. Uh, this is I guess this is a trend this week. Uh, we have mixed reality news, christian, I, I, you know you know more about this. I'm gonna let you take the call um, on the.
1: Last week, I think around October third might have been over over a week ago. I don't know. time's weird. Um, there was a mixed reality event in San Francisco where Microsoft announced a bunch of uh, news. There were a bunch of headsets that came out. They're shipping soon, a couple are shipping now. Um, there are some platform updates and a couple experiences as well. So with the hardware, there were uh, headsets from Acer, Asus, Dell, HP, Lenovo, and Samsung. They're available for pre-order right now. They're shipping soon. We talked about that before. Um, These are, some of them are more high-end, some of them are lower-end, and essentially, right, it's just, you pay more, you get a better experience. They are still cheaper than the Oculus Rift, the Vive, right? So how what Microsoft's doing, it's like, There is a cheap VR implementation you can get, right? Might not be the best, but it's accessible to like a lot of people, right? Because you don't need a high end PC to run it, you can run on an integrated GPU. I think it's still, I think their system specs are still the same as what they said at build. Um, so that's good. And it's, I think this is really interesting because they're going in all all in on it, right? Because right now, VR is quote-unquote accessible, but it's not cheaply accessible, right? So even if you're going to get a lesser experience, they're still guaranteeing a certain bar of quality. And also as well, um, they acquired Altspace VR, which is a social network for VR. I've never used it before. I have a couple of friends who've used it. They said it's interesting. Um, it's definitely a, a purchase that makes sense. They're also launching a Halo VR experience coming on October 17th. Um, Halo VR, okay. yeah, yeah called so. Halo Halo Recruit, and yeah. they also are shipping with the Windows 10 Fall Creators Update. Um, we're not going to talk much about that. We're going to talk about it next week because that's when the Xbox new UI, I believe, ships and the Fall Creators Update officially launches. So, uh, but I want to talk about the the experience, though that's shipping with that right now. Um, what it is, it's essentially a virtual room. We're gonna have a video demo link to it in the show notes, like 20 minutes, if you want to watch it, and. You're sitting at your computer. You can do either room skills uh, tracking, right, where you hold your VR headset and walk around a room to define some boundaries, and you can walk around in that space, or you can use a mouse and a piece uh, and a keyboard and just like control it that way, right? You can just click and drag to move yourself around that space. And head tracking is still there because it uses the webcam and your PC, right? If it's a Windows Hello camera, I think it has to be, or I think any webcam might work. Uh, they haven't been clear on that, and so. It's just like a virtual living room, right? (laughs) You can go to a theater room in it and you can launch like movies. And because it's VR, it's going to look like you're looking at like a 60 inch or an 80 inch screen. You can play games on it, right? So if you have like a 13 inch laptop, right? You can essentially triple the screens real estate just by putting on a VR headset. Um, So these games aren't, there are VR games, right? Which will take you out of that room and it'll be like an actual traditional what we consider VR. But you can play Forza on it, right? And you'll be looking at a 2D screen, but you're still in a VR space, which is interesting. Um, there's also, uh, so if you have ever built an app or if you've ever used HoloLens, all of those apps will work in this. Because it's as Microsoft's saying, it's the same experience, right? Like if you were in HoloLens, you'd get a transparent view of this where you place these um, 3D holographic items all over it. Uh, you can... Have you you know in ADP when uh, John Syracuse talks about the spatial finder and spatial window management,
0: mm, sort of like uh, managing uh, windows in this sort of like uh, big space? That you yeah, just, like, yeah. Move things, this is what around. this is. And, right. and
1: like, I it's, it's a form of it, right? Because you're literally in a 3D space where windows are around you. I can place a window on a wall and that will stay there, and that's like it. It gives it adds like a. You you know how sometimes as well, too, when I'm talking about like designs, I'm always talking about how like the Z axis doesn't make sense sometimes in computers because you're looking at a 2D screen. So depth isn't there. This is all 3D space, right? So I can I can have like Spotify literally in the background and have my like ide in the foreground it's it's a it's an interesting way to look at doing uh, using applications on a computer
0: this is very sci-fi like it is extremely sci-fi and i want to try this because like this is like this is like the stuff you see in movies right um uh, like sort of interfaces that you have been seeing in, uh, sci-fi movies so it's like being able to like move windows around at like at like ease and like you don't have to worry about like dragging windows to one side or like you know like you don't have to worry about window management as much like you just can just like drop a window like anywhere like it's that's like the sort of experience i guess
1: uh yeah and then like so you can literally right you can have a game in your theater room in this experience and then you can walk over to your desk and then that's the stuff you left off there right and the system's all managing in the background so it's probably like putting the game to sleep so it's not using resources right while you walk away from it But it's still super interesting. And it's, I do you think, how long do you think before Microsoft kills us off because no one uses it? Oh, God. Like, are we already doing this? Like, it's a, a, I feel like this is, it's Microsoft. This is a cool idea. Um, I just don't know if it's going to take off, right? Like, I have a feeling this is going to be one of those things that someone else is going to come along, do a little less shittily, and then like everyone will use it.
0: Yeah, that's, I feel like, like, my thing is in Microsoft, like, I don't know the thing about this is uh that has a sort of like a advantage uh is is that it it's it's integrated into Windows so it's like it works well with Windows. Uh, Windows already has a large user base and and the headsets here are not expensive. So uh like I think this is already like has a good start like this is a way better start than uh Microsoft's other failed initiatives I think. Yeah, uh, and so then there's also
1: Steam VR support that they've announced, right? Yeah. So, yeah, like, so. I I want to believe in this. Um, I do yeah. not have a Windows computer, so I cannot use it. Maybe I'll install. Yeah. Mm, no, I my MacBook doesn't have a GPU strong enough to run this really at a good rate. Also, one USB port. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I. I hope this takes off. I'm yeah definitely gonna look forward to it. Do you you, still, yeah. you're gonna, you think you're gonna pick up one of these Windows VR headsets then, like a cheap I, one and I, try it out?
0: I I don't know. Maybe like uh, if they're if they're like already like wait for reviews before they come out. I guess yeah. Don't uh, no pre-order. Uh, no pre-order. I don't know. No point in pre-ordering hardware unless you know you're gonna get it for sure. Uh, uh, and yeah, this is like untested sort of new thing, so there's no point in pre-ordering at all. Yeah, I'm uh, just so,
1: excited about this. It's like one of those yeah, technologies where uh, like there's like a half practical use case for it, but not yeah. really. But this is just some cool
0: shit. Yeah, it is definitely like very sci-fi. Like I just want to like play around with like various windows and like have videos like in, in, in one in the background and Yo. then
1: like you remember Rain Meter, that, like, desktop app? Oh! Imagine oh, it, but means... in 3D space. Oh, no! Yo! Or, like, Conky, Like, that, right? Like, but that oh, oh, in, oh. like, in an actual 3D space. You know, that Bruh. would be
0: a killer... That would be amazing. Like, honestly, like, stuff like Rain Meter is what makes desktops, like, like, like great. Because, like, they're, like, the, this ultimate customized That's the thing about this. Like, it gives you this, like, sort of new dimension. Uh, it does give you a new dimension. To play with, right? And it's extremely, like, um, this is extremely good. Yeah.
1: And then um, even the two Microsoft has, like, the hand tracking devices that they announced, right? Those controllers. Yeah, so, yeah. like, this is like, I don't want to say it's, I'm about to sound like a tech bro here. I'm sorry. Uh, don't <laughs> at me. <laughs> but this is almost democratizing VR for people, right? If you make it cheap and you make it good enough, like, imagine, like, we've talked about this before. I think we talked about in the build, right? We're talking about, like, how I mean, this is in a school. Like a classroom where everyone's using just like a Windows PC and then like they have this headset on and the teacher can literally take them to another place, right? Like that is where this gets interesting. Like maybe for home users is not that big of a deal. There's obviously gaming benefits, but. But I could
0: see the use in like, in like, uh, many like fields, like, like professional fields, I get. Like, like. Oh, yeah, like like HoloLens is
1: used in like, uh, in in like industrial design, right? Yeah. You can, you can uh, have like, the blueprints to uh a car or something in your peripheral while you're working on it and you just look yeah, up and you see it there.
0: Yeah, it's extreme. Like the possibilities for AR right now are are really quite like uh I don't think they haven't explored quite yet, but like there is a lot of like interesting use cases and stuff that's just not games. Like a lot of VR stuff is focusing on games, which is not really actually interesting to me at all. Like I don't actually want to play games in VR. uh, uh I actually don't think that's a major use case that people are going to like that's not going to be the killer app uh in my opinion uh the killer apps are going to be like stuff these like these virtual desktops stuff like uh like brain meter in, in in ar uh stuff like those architecture design stuff like that stuff is going to be the important uh stuff uh in the future so do you
1: do you remember microsoft bob do you know what this is have you ever heard of microsoft bob? oh yes I, yes. I just found a screenshot of it on Wikipedia, um, and it is... Why,
0: why did you bring this up? Now, everybody's... All the old people are going to be like, oh, oh, God.
1: And then, um, like, it's a virtual living room for your uh, desk, for your computer. Yes. Is this the new uh, Microsoft Bob?
0: Can I have Cortana as in, in a 3D form in my AR headset, please, Microsoft?
1: More importantly, <laughs> can I change the look of this Cortana? Like, Cortana, um, yes. but a slime girl. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Oh, damn. You know, the possibilities here are endless, really, like, honestly. Oh, my God.
1: If they have a Cortana uh, API, too, someone could just make, like, 3D Unity objects or something like that, right?
0: You bet. You, like, I, I, like we're really close to saying it, but I bet the porn studios are already thinking of all the possibilities. Um, oh, so,
1: my God. Yeah. So, like, it's yeah. Just,
0: So, I mean, Microsoft, hit up the porn studios. What are you doing?
1: Um, that That's definitely B2B. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, God. Oh, Christian, get out! Oh. oh, business. Oh, God. Yeah. Now, add him on Instance on Business. Uh, it's really important. No, uh, you
1: can't. Account's private. Oh, it's at damn. Standard Media I, on Instance on Business now. Don't at me because yeah. I'm not going to respond. All
0: right. Oh, um, enough, uh, I think enough theorizing about the future of AR, but I, we have uh, one last Microsoft topic before we move on to our sort of main segment. Uh, Microsoft Edge on iOS and Android, uh, so this is a thing. Uh, I think it's in like with testing mode, right? Yeah. yeah so if you you're on
1: iOS, you could sign up for a test flight beta. I think they might have reached their cap, or you can also use Google Play, uh, their Google Play beta channels. Do um, so you yeah. get this app right now? And it does not bring the. Chakra engine, I think it's chakra or is it edge HTML? Whatever Microsoft, it might be Kraken, whatever ones. There's new their new uh rendering engine that they use in Edge, it doesn't bring that to Android or iOS. Obviously, on iOS, just because uh you can't do it, Apple makes you use a WebKit view, uh WW WebKit view for all those. Um on Android, I actually don't know why. I guess using the Chrome view is maybe uh saves a of development time, but Microsoft could in theory definitely port this over to uh Android if they wanted to. Um, Yeah, they
0: could definitely uh this is this will work a lot better on Android where you can actually like set a default browser. Like that would actually people would add it would integrate way better uh in in Android for sure. Uh yeah so this is I mean if you if you are a hardcore Windows user and you use Edge uh I guess this is good for you because you can like sync over like uh various things like settings and like bookmarks and whatnot. So that's good. Uh, Microsoft Edge on iOS and Android. So no one's probably uh, gonna use it. Um, yeah it's, it's,
1: Microsoft will add support to open in it for iOS within Microsoft apps. Um yep. I still think it's important this exists though. It's like the Cortana app, you know, like even if you can't make it your default voice assistant. Um, I still right. think there's it's merit still important in having to have, it on the platform. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's still important to have your app be on platform so that people are don't feel like they're like you know completely disconnected from it. Uh, that's 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 the thing. Yeah. Uh, and we're gonna Take a break here, uh and do a segment. We forgot to do Uh, it last
1: week. But it's back. It's back. We're reviewing more Oreos. Yeah. Um, What are you reviewing? This this week I bought Halloween branded Oreos. Uh Nabisco, what the fuck? These (laughs) taste like regular Oreos but the cream's (laughs) orange.
0: (laughs) So they just added some food coloring? Literally,
1: literally, it's that. I was like, oh, is this gonna be a spooky taste? No, this shit tastes like a regular Oreo. So I guess I'm reviewing regular Oreos this week instead of or instead of Halloween Oreos. So you know what? Let's go. We're going for the classic. Classic Oreos. Um honestly, a hot take here. Don't at me. Uh I keep is that the theme of this podcast? Just us doing hot takes and no one adding us. I like it though. Uh, hot takes that exist by themselves. Uh classic Oreos are not the best ones. Um, the chocolate shell is not the best chocolate shell. Uh, I believe that like golden Oreos, golden thin Oreos are actually the best ones. We haven't gotten to reviewing them yet. I'll review them next week. So um, my opinion is biased. Uh, there, there's no ethics in reviewing Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> but really though, like it's, it's an Oreo. Everyone's had one. It's good with milk, I guess. These are acceptable. These Oreos, I would not go out and purchase on my own if I, if I was looking for a snack, but I wouldn't deny them if someone offered them to me
0: right uh it's yeah i mean uh, honestly they could have done a little bit more like why is it the same flavor as, as uh please anyway uh that that was the oreo review uh now to our main segment uh this week we're doing a segment on taking control of your notifications and specifically we're talking uh mobile notifications here uh because that's, that's that's like a major part of everybody's lives these days uh is, is is notifications on your smartphone uh we're gonna start off with social networks uh the first one being uh twitter and mastodon so microblogging uh christian what, what do you do for 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 these
1: well uh, so what i have i don't even have twitter or mastodon on my phone i use the web uis um but even for the web uis themselves i I know Twitter depends on the client. Twitter doesn't really let you notifications. I use mutes as much as possible. In Twitter, at least, Mastodon doesn't have mute support. <clears throat> Gargon went. Uh, but <laughs> but I, I mute when I can because, you know, there, there is this... There, I feel like there's two trains of thoughts when it comes to social media. One is you should be seeing everything and you should have a high... High, high intensity feed, right, because um, it's important to get information like that, like using it as like a strictly like a data source more than like an actual network. And then there's folks like me who have, I've learned over time that it's best just to have a slow moving feed where, you know, you're here, you're making some jokes. Sometimes we get in our fields about stuff, but it isn't it's curated, right? Like I'm not getting bombarded with things I don't want to see. I'm muting words out of my things because I people can post about whatever they want. And you know some people post about things that I don't like, but that doesn't mean I don't like them as a person, right? Like I, I still like them. I just don't want to see that from them. And that's perfectly acceptable. Um, so you just mute those words out of there and it's good. But when it comes to notification, particularly Mastodon um, mentions, I see DMs, I see everything else is hidden. And when I have a client installed, all I have turned on are DMs. Uh, well, in Twitter, Mastodon, because they're not the same thing, I have to do mentions, right? But it's it's things where people are directly adding me that I want to see. Yeah, that's
0: that's basically my like, but I have I've gone on to stop using any apps uh, for Mastodon. I don't use Twitter anymore, I uninstall Tweetbot. Uh, but Mastodon, I I uninstalled the app I, I had installed, I think Amarok. Uh, and I am only using the web UI. I don't have notifications turned off. Uh, So, uh, but if I use the web UI, I I have only mentions turned on uh, as as, uh, actually appearing in my feed. Uh, Boosts and favorites still like show up as notifications, but like they go away. They don't like stay. uh, So like I'd have to actually like manually check uh, if I want to keep history of them. But uh, otherwise, like I I try to keep these to a minimal. Like I don't like I turned off notifications basically entirely. Uh, Next up uh, is Facebook. Uh, I, and I don't have Facebook on, so Christian, this is basically all you.
1: Firstly, don't use Facebook if you can. Uh, for reasons for reasons other than notifications, it's good for your mental health in other ways. Uh, and Facebook's a service that. I If you can, maybe try not use Facebook, but if you have to use Facebook, um, their notifications are a shit show. It's so hard to find them and like it's, it's buried. So what I actually say is go to system settings and just shut off notifications for Facebook in, in general. I feel like that's the best way forward because Facebook likes to do a thing where it's like someone's posted in a while. It's like someone has a new post now or someone has a story or there's this live video going on and you can kind of turn all those off individually, but it's a real pain to get to. So I, when it comes to an app notifications, I, I feel like there's a budget, right? And it's like once you exceed that budget, I just don't care about anything you have to tell me you're done you're cut off you're not running in the background you're not using you're not sending me notifications because all you send me is dumb shit
0: yeah yeah so facebook uh you can like use the messenger app just have that thing's notification turned on and you could probably like uh control like if you can really like tweak facebook's notification settings if you really want to i guess uh But even back when I used to use Facebook, it was a mess to to, uh, with notifications. I can't imagine what they're doing now. Uh, There's a billion things that Facebook does. uh, They want to notify you about. But speaking of things that always want to notify you, uh, Instagram.
1: Uh, uh, So Instagram, you go to your profile page, you go to settings, there's a notification setting there. Um, What I do is a notification when someone comments on my post, and that's it. Um, I don't need new follower notifications. I don't need lights notifications. I don't need product announcements and notifications. I don't need live notifications. I don't need this person's post about notifications. And I don't need story notifications. The fact that they that all those things are things they want to notify me about is bullshit, and I especially love how it's off, tailored for you or on. What the fuck does tailored for you mean?
0: yeah, that that doesn't even actually mean anything because you don't actually like they don't actually say what that actually entails like you don't actually yeah
1: that's more importantly if you have if the high if the volume of notifications you're sending is enough where you have to run it through a fucking machine learning algorithm you fucked up <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah it's, you, it's, somewhere before that you made a mistake
0: yeah yeah like you should yeah that's like you just gotta turn those off like it's, i i don't have instagram uh do background on notifications so it doesn't matter to me
1: but yeah. and then there's uh, also snapchat uh snapchat's good Snapchat. The only one that might be annoying is if someone's typing in a chat. They'll send you a notification saying that person's typing, but it disappears by itself. And yeah. all you, your screen will light up. You get there's no sounds. You just get a little notification saying someone sent you a snap, someone sent you a chat, and that's it. You know, there's, you don't get any set notifications for stories. You don't get any notifications for new people. If you open the app, they'll be like, hey, this person joined at the top. Uh, and then your contacts books, if you let them have access to it, that's fine. That's in the app. It doesn't bother you outside of the application. Snapchat is a good citizen, which is weird because Snapchat likes to break a lot of usual platform conventions. But for this one, yeah. they're doing the right
0: thing. Yeah, they are. Uh, it's surprising sometimes. Uh, but yeah, all these social media apps, uh, like, I uh, feel like our, budget for notifications is like they all they always try to like put in as much notifications as they possibly can because hashtag uh silicon valley hashtag uh engagement yeah oh god
1: like uh like life hack here try and use social media the least amount as possible like i i don't think this is a hot take i but just like a self-care thing like they're they're what these notifications are doing honestly right they're playing on the fear of missing out right they're playing on that but you, you don't need to be checking your feed all the time. It's okay if you miss things. You don't have to make, read every item that comes in your feed. You don't have to see everything that comes in your feed. It's okay to block people. It's okay to unfollow them. These apps train us to like make those dark, like make us feel like we're do, using a dark pattern when we try and block someone or we try and mute something, right? Because of how difficult it is to do it. But curating your feed is fine. And it's probably one of the best things you can do to like make yourself not feel down and just just do it
0: yeah honestly it's just managing the volume of information like if if you if you started following a sort of above that, like number of people it becomes extremely tedious to keep up so it's like it is important to manage your uh follows uh i think it's important especially for like Twitter or mastodon it's uh, important to use the mute functions it's important to use the blocks uh it's just you know just control the the information is is like we get way too much information, so it's best to control that budget uh, as well as possible. Speak up information. Uh, next topic uh, is email. and um, Okay, this is... this You, is, you get this, this one. It. Email is um, all of you. Oh, Lord. Uh, email, first First off, uh, first thing, on this is the most effective thing that you can do. Unsubscribe from all necessary newsletter and service email. So do you really need that email from Starbucks? Uh, no, you don't. Uh, do you really need that newsletter from like i don't know like some store uh probably not like you you can unsubscribe from all of these like you can just like start like go scroll to the bottom of the message or like if you use gmail there's like an unsubscribe thing a function that will do it for you uh scroll down to the bottom and there'll be like a little unsubscribe link. just just click these for like all these newsletters that you get that you don't want to that you don't actually read but you just you are subscribed to somewhere uh turn off all these service emails like uh like notifications for like uh Twitter or, like, Facebook or, like, uh, I don't know, like, that stuff doesn't need, like, doesn't need to land in your inbox, which makes, brings me to the next. Oh, also,
1: also, too, also, I want to interject, do not use a service like unroll.me, because they do sell your data.
0: uh, Yeah, don't, don't, don't use services, like, if you got to unsubscribe, you got to do it manually, just go through your inbox, it's fine. Uh, if if you re- like some services like Outlook, uh, like offer like this cleanup thing where you can like select a bunch of messages and just say that I don't want to see messages like this uh, anymore, which is probably helpful. Uh, you, you can use that if you ha- if you use Outlook or a similar service. But other than that, you should probably s- start going through your newsletters and manually uh, start on subscribing, uh, deleting them. Uh, next, speaking of like, if you want some f- uh, notifications but you don't want to like uh, get like notified every time you get one. Like you still want to see the message, but you don't want to see it right away. So it's like you're going to use uh, filtering abilities that every, every mail service offers This uh, uh, Gmail uh, has filters, uh, Fastmail, Outlook. Everybody has uh, filter, filtering abilities. Use them to your maximum. So filter, filter on mailing list IDs, filter on uh, senders, filter on destination addresses. Uh, if you use aliases, uh, use aliases as much as possible. Uh, if you use your own domain, it makes it even easier to use aliases. Uh, I would recommend uh, using aliases for every service that you use. Uh, just just filter out all the stuff that you don't want to see in your main inbox, and the stuff that you get in your that way, the stuff that you get in your actual inbox, the stuff that you want to actually uh, act upon uh, quicker, like you want to actually see them right away. Uh, so that's important. And the last thing is 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 uh, it's important is clean up the email accounts on your phone that you don't actually read. Like, everybody has one of these accounts that they use for, like, throwaways or whatever. Uh, just don't have that added to your phone. Like, why would you have, like, it's just going to get spam or, or, like, just a bunch of messages that you're not going to read, right? So it's not important. It's just just delete that account from your phone. Uh, so that's... Yeah. Christian, do you have anything to say about email management that I haven't said? Um, First, uh, so... With e- I think
1: you've hit all of them. Uh, maybe like, just don't. If, if you don't read it right, just keep it off yeah. your phone. Um, yeah. But more importantly, I got a question for the listeners. How do you spell email? With a dash or without a dash?
0: Uh, yeah, add me about this, please. Uh, I want to know. Because uh, I, I... I
1: spell email E-M-I-A-L, not E-dash mail. And I, I believe that's the right way to spell it. Google apparently believes that as well, according to the Google Drive, because it's a it's it's putting a squiggly red line under email with a dash in it.
0: Yeah, um, I, I the cor- like I mean I think the old, that e dash uh, way of spelling is is like the old way of spelling, and nobody actually says that anymore uh, or spells it that way. I guess, but I still I I, th- I still think it's valid. to use it. I think Google's dictionary is a bit uh, weird. But, Google
1: uses. Uh, anyway, remember, it, Google uses that machine learning dictionary. So that means it's like if a certain amount of people spell a word a certain way, it believes yeah. that to be the proper spelling.
0: Yeah, that's, I guess, that's, I guess that makes sense uh, in one way, but I still think it's correct. It's probably still in the dictionary. So uh, in, in like in like an actual dictionary, like uh, like an Oxford dictionary. But uh, moving on from email, uh, next up, uh, we're going to talk about news alerts. Uh, a lot of people have these uh, subscribed to like uh, uh, New York Times uh uh, over here, I subscribe to uh, CBC News.
1: Or the, uh, people, the Toronto Star, right, is another one for Toronto? No, they don't
0: have an app or oh, anything. Okay. Uh, It's terrible, actually. They want you to subscribe to their paper newspaper because Ew. this is apparently 2017 and you're still subscribing to paper.
1: Save uh, trees. Don't subscribe to paper.
0: paper. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, it's just just a waste of trees, really. Uh, so, news alerts, like how, like Christian's method, so, like you're going so
1: right, so go to... So, what I do, right, for uh news alerts is... I have, so my, my idea of a conceptually what I view my notification center as is sort of an inbox, right? So like when I scroll down to see my notification center, I should be seeing things that I specifically want there. So for news alerts, I have it set where they will pop up on my notification center, but they're not going to buzz my phone. They're not going to uh, make a sound and they're not going to have any toast notifications. And for those of you who, uh, I guess that's jargon. A toast notification is when the notification pops down from the top of your screen, right? If you get a text message, it'll pop down and you can interact with it. You can respond in line. That's a toast. Um, I don't have this set up for news apps because I don't need that bothering me. But if I swiped up or if I pull or I pick up my phone after not looking at it for a while and I get the alert there, that's fine. Um, this is more of a like, an, it depends though, right? Because I know for some folks, getting consistent news alerts about politics and stuff is going to wear off on you. And it's perfectly fine to have none at all. Or to not even have that news app on your phone, and just use like an RSS reader where you're browsing a few of your favorite art blogs or something like that, right? Like that's perfectly acceptable. Like you know, uh, but if you, if if you if you can do that and it's something that you want to do, right? Like if you want to get those alerts and it's fine not to. Um, I say that you should have it where it doesn't bother you. And that it's only when you pick up your phone and you uh and you're specifically going to your notification, or you pull down that drawer to see what you've missed up on, that's when it pops up there. And that I, I think that's the way of, like to, to still stay informed but also keep your sanity.
0: Yeah, so i I actually started doing this yesterday. Like I tried Christian's method of uh turning turning like I installed CBC News and made it so that it only shows up in my history. Like it doesn't actually uh buzz my phone or like buzz my watch uh or, or whatever. So I think that's that's an interesting way to actually process notifications. It's 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 good I think because you 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 process it on your own time, not when not when the notification arrives, right? So it, it, it gives you back control over, uh, you know, like the notification sort of budget. Uh, so moving on from news alerts, uh, this is a big one. Uh, the next one is messaging apps. Uh, I know and everybody uses messaging apps. Many people use multiple messaging apps. Uh, because hashtag uh, fragmentation. Let's not. We're not but, getting into that. Yeah, no, we're not getting into it. And I'm just <laughs> mentioning it because it's it might be a problem for our people who have a lot of messaging apps. But uh, one thing that I found useful is if you're if you're in a lot of gr- large group chats uh, or group chats that are not as important to you uh, all the time, that's fine. You can you can turn off specific uh, individual like group chat notifications. Uh, all all messaging apps allow this. Tell uh, WhatsApp, uh, iMessage. Uh, every every every, t- every messaging app does this. So you can you can turn off specific.
1: Yeah, you can have like per thread notification settings and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think just, some just even can... let you snooze it for a while too. Yeah. Like it, depending on the app, you might get more granular controls. But so like, I go a step further. I have a whitelist of people that I only get notifications from. Right. So it's not technically a whitelist, right? It's more of like I blacklist everyone else except these folks. So right. So you, uh, close friends, like anyone who has my phone number and like it's not someone for like work purposes you get that my boss just because i guess i can't i can't dip out on him <laughs> uh when it comes to phone calls too especially i know i'm going to put phone calls and messaging apps i have like almost everyone set to just go to my voicemail except for right family close friends and all that and for group chats the only one that i actually have turned on is the uh sypes radio podcast network one just because i got to be on top of that but for most other ones right like it's like it's all these apps, right? Like I said it before, I'm gonna say it again. They're built to mess up, to play with you so that you engage with them more often. But you don't. It's fine not to, right? Yeah, like,
0: yeah. Especially, especially in a group chat environment. Uh, I feel like the, even with uh, from a social level, the expectation is not to respond immediately. Like in group chats, it's normal to, uh, like people just discussing stuff and you're not actually like maybe you're at work or whatever, and you don't have to actually respond to anything. So you don't need to be notified about that. Like you can just have that thread have our uh, group chat have notifications turned off and just come back to it later when you really want to read those messages right you don't have to actually have a notification for each message in that uh, in that group chat so that is actually this even socially acceptable uh thing to do so uh i think that a, you really see stress for yourself uh you just you're also saving battery because you're not, your phone isn't buzzing all the time
1: also uh, to uh turn off read receipts Unless, unless like you're, you're like super, so I say I, I, I turn off read receipts for everyone except like super close friends, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah definitely. Yeah, because it yes. brings unwanted anxiety into it and it's a whole mess. Like, general turn off read receipts. Um, and there is nothing wrong with being a late texter. Like, that, that, here's some, here's some <laughs> un- unwarranted life advice, unsolicited life advice. You are permanently fine if you do not get back at someone within like five seconds of them hitting you up. Obviously, maybe if it's an important message you know, keep your notification, right? Like if my website's breaking or if like someone's doing something gross on Business, and Sadik's calling me and I'm not picking up, then, you know, maybe I should be a little more attentive. But when it's like just a friend I've been hit up in a while, it's fine to not respond. Yeah, it's, it's, it's
0: yeah, it's definitely got to manage, like prioritize, prioritize. How do you even say that word? Prioritize? Yeah, prioritize uh, your notifications. Uh, I wish uh, iOS had better. We're going to talk about this in a little bit, but uh. The various systems uh for mobile devices but yeah you got to prioritize even in your head you got to prioritize like if you see a notification come in uh, and you, you see your phone light up and you see like whatever app it is and it's maybe not important maybe it's a thread that you want to read or maybe an email that doesn't need to be responded to or actioned upon mm-hmm. uh straight away you can just like sort of the phone just go back to sleep uh, speak, uh speaking of like various os sort of System. We're going to start off with iOS first. This is the one we know, uh, use, and somewhat hate, maybe. Um, iOS notification management, we talked about this last week a lot. We ranted about this. Uh, it's still bad. Uh, there's various ways of notifying you on iOS as badge icons, which are actually badge icons are an entire rant by itself. Um, notification Center is where you have the history of your notifications, and there's like banners and like you know lock screen notifications. Uh, so, Christian, what do you do? I turn out badge icons for mostly everything except mail and messages uh, for apps that I use regularly. Yeah, everything messages
1: get badge icons right um, Nothing else gets badge icons uh, phone calls don't get badge icons that don't care because badge icons are such a like a. I just don't like seeing them. Um, what I also have for Netflix, YouTube, all those no notifications yeah, the I, only I, yeah. the only apps that give me notifications are the ones that that I actually like, that I care about getting notifications from. Like, I I don't care about new content notifications. Netflix and YouTube are places I go to watch content. The content shouldn't be chasing
0: me. Right. Uh, Like, the same thing with podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and, you know, they update uh, throughout the week. And I don't have the notifications turned on. I just check the app every once in a while to see which which podcasts uh, have updated uh, every week. So... There's no need to be notified about that. Like, there's no point in you, that you be notified about it uh, every single podcast. Uh, company. I only have notifications turned on for two shades of brown, just so I know like the feed is working properly. But uh, other than that, uh, I don't have uh, notifications turned on for any podcast. Uh, I do have notifications turned on for YouTube and Twitch, but those go to my email and uh, those are managed separately. Like, I, I don't actually archive them, I just delete them after I look at them. And it's but like on no a per-channel
1: basis, right? It's only some yeah, channels give per, you it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Only, only some channels get notified and I control those like uh, only a few channels actually notify my inbox. Uh, so that's that. Like, I, I, like those are managed well. Uh, the, yeah, the yeah. so like
1: it's, it's fine to have content notifications, right? Yeah. Like I'm saying in general, like that whole entire, we'll just notify me, everything's bad. But like if you like a specific content creator or if you like a YouTube channel and you want to know every time they upload videos, like of course do email notifications, do app notifications, that's fine, right? But as long as, long as it's in your control,
0: Definitely. As long as you, YouTube has these controls, so make sure you go through the YouTube app. Uh, the YouTube app has granular controls. Uh, if you want to use the YouTube app or you want to use email, uh, whichever one you uh, prefer. But uh, I, I use email because that way I, I can triage everything in one place, but uh, other people might prefer the app. Uh, so, yeah, just manage like, content notifications as, as much as possible. And badge icons, uh, I'd, I'd recommend turning them off for everything except messaging apps. Uh, just not, just not necessary. And I, and I agree with Marco uh, Armen on this. It's, it's it's really not a good U, like UX pattern. Like I think it is a dark pattern. It could be said it is a dark pattern, but uh, like it's the same thing with the where we talk about like engagement, right? This like, the badge icon makes you like want to engage with the app, and that's not always like you know, like you want to engage with it on your own terms. You don't want to like be like psychologically tricked into it.
1: Like you know how Duolingo, right? It's like, yeah. oh, you haven't been opening these. We'll just stop sending you these notifications yeah. Yeah, <laughs> with a sad face, right? Like yeah. that's that's like the whole point of it, right? Like it's just yeah. to get you engaging with their app. And mind you, that's breaking apps app store violations, right? That's an app store violation. Your mm-hmm. app, if you're doing that, according to app store rules, yeah, it's, your app it's shouldn't not, be in there. But it's no not one a violation
0: it. If if nobody, if Apple doesn't enforce it, uh, this is this has been a long term sort of complaint on uh, on the app store. Uh, many popular apps do this. So I guess Apple's just like, uh, I guess we can't like say, we can't remove the rule, but we can't like, we just keep the rule, but not enforce it, I guess. Uh, That's the thing.
1: And then also too, I think we want to talk about Apple Watch. If you have an Apple Watch, because it's separate. So like there there are notifications that hit my phone and then Apple Watch notifications is even smaller, right? Because if something something buzzes my wrist, it has to be important. That has to be something I need to act on. So news notifications are not going to show up on my watch group chats won't right? maybe if uh, some content stuff won't at all the only thing is going to be phone calls from people that i want messages from people that i want to see and maybe like i have activity stuff on because I, it's important to for the fitness i like the fitness tracking stuff right but it's like three things that'll like buzz my wrist right it's not a big list and it's that's on purpose yeah, it
0: is, it is important to try that as well, because you don't want your wrist buzzing all the time. That's already, like, it's a bit. Uh, so if you know, if, like, if you get a message, uh, it's important. Uh, yeah, iOS also has a thing called VIP contacts. Uh, I don't know if you use these, Christian.
1: Uh, um, um, I think I use them for a couple. I think I use them for family members.
0: Yeah, that's what I do. Uh, like, family members are added as VIPs. Um, uh, so if VIPs, like, can get through, do not disturb if they call multiple times, stuff like that. So, like, if they, like you can also sort email from them, like, uh, separately from a, in a separate inbox, stuff like that. So if you, if you want to do that, you can also do that. Uh, so if you don't want to get a lot of phone calls, but you still want to get, like, phone calls from family members or, like, you know, in case of emergencies, uh, like, uh, like VIP, uh, the contacts uh, are a thing. In ios uh, so that's ios uh notification management there's not much to say as uh like the, the rant stuff is in the previous episode if
1: yeah to. ios has like broad like a wide hammer for notifications right whereas when we're about to talk about android here android is super granular which is better or worse right depending on who you are you can make it where android where like one type of notification in a certain context will buzz you but in other contexts will will not. um. Like, And you can go even further. I think if like apps like Tasker, you can be like, if I'm at my house, <laughs> have these things buzz me if there are notifications, right? But if I'm at work, have none of these show up. Yeah, uh, it's,
0: uh, Android is definitely has... Uh, has yeah, oh God, Android text. has that
1: built in. I just realized you can actually have that. Do not disturb. Turn on when you are at a specific location. I forgot about yeah. that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really, really good. Uh, I wish... I will also pick up some of these uh, more notification uh, control uh, mechanisms, but uh, there's this new stuff coming with Oreo, like notification channels. Uh, but you know, those are not going to be. I don't think most people are going to see these. Like these are uh, Oreo is not going to be unless you're picking up a new Oreo phone this year. Uh, I it might not be actually relevant to you. Uh, yeah, it's
1: well, but um, there's still a basic form of it in uh, in a previous versions of Android. So for Oreo with notification channels, what we mean by that is, so if you go to an app setting and notifications, each type of notification the app can send you will show up in the system settings as a toggle. And so if you're on a phone for a new version of Android, what we recommend doing is going through every app on your phone, it might take a while, right? But this is important to, and looking at all those notifications and judging, do I even want to see them? If not, just turn them off. Or you can have it set where they'll show up in your notification drawer, but the icon won't pop up. So it won't bring you, it won't like be in the tray, but it'll still be there when you swipe down. Or you can have it be a regular notification right that pops up from the top, um, and I, it's important to just go through all that. And you can even have apps override Do Not Disturb, which I think is important, right? So you can have, like, say for example, if I have Pingdom right on my phone and some of my websites down, I can have that disrupt Do Not Disturb, and just make sure that it gets through and I get that uh, notification. So, like uh, like we're saying, if iOS judge each app on an app iOS basis, judge judge like what kind of notification channels they can send you and go through and do that. And With Android as well, you can also snooze notifications. So, so take that into consideration, right? Maybe it might not be like something you want to act on now. So maybe there's a group chat that's just a little medium frequency. Sometimes it might annoy you. You can just snooze it for half an hour. Then if you're in a new context, maybe it might make sense to keep notifications on. Yeah, right?
0: maybe, maybe you, you got it in a, in a spicy thread on Mastodon uh, and- uh, you want to just mute mute that for for a little bit because you know it it gets hot and heavy uh, on Mastodon sometimes, so you know m- mute that mute that app for like you know like an hour. And I can come back to it. Uh, it's fine. Uh, so yeah, like control, like the more use all these features. I think these all these features are really good. Uh, I think they can be a bit confusing sometimes, but I think uh you don't have to use all of them. But the, even the basic like hammer hammer style ios stuff like turning off notifications entirely for an app uh stuff like that is uh, also exists on android obviously so just, just be aware of what apps are like android also has a problem with like these apps that like have garbage notifications like it's even worse than ads notifications ads oh god uh the like games do this i think some games do that um like uh, you don't you don't need a notification from my game like ever I, I i don't think anybody needs a notification for my game uh so just just turn those off uh entirely so stuff like that anything else christian you want to mention
1: uh android wear never used it before but i'm pretty sure it's a way for granular controls uh it, me me and oris have ever used an android wear device but i'm sure you can do that um also as well turn on do not disturb when you go to bed like have that as a rule automatically like do, because, do people not do that like i thought everybody did that i think there's folks who will just let their phone buzz when they're asleep, sleep and you know past a certain time of night Maybe have VIP contacts, right? Yeah, but yeah, VIP don't. contacts.
0: That's what I've said. Um, use the override, do not disturb, or like VIP contacts. Uh, to, if you really want certain notifications to get through, even while you're sleeping, uh, do that instead of having all notifications turned on. That's, that's a bit excessive. And it's, it is definitely will affect your health uh, because, I mean, it's hard to get to sleep if your phone is buzzing all the time uh, because it is, it is loud, by the way. It is not quiet. So that's the thing. Uh, just for your own mental health and sleep uh benefits just just turn just send it on disturbed and And even location based
1: stuff too right you can have when you go to a certain place if you're at home so notifications show up i think some might be built into some Android skins. I don't remember stock Android to do that, but there's definitely apps on the Play Store that let you do that, right? Like, you know, it's a rabbit hole. You can fall down, but at least some basic tweaking, even if you use the broad strokes that Apple has in iOS, it still goes a long way to improving your experience, right? Because like, I think we, we've said this multiple times, but it's all about you taking back control of your device and not letting your device control you, right? And that's, it's don't don't let the machines win man <laughs>
0: oh god that is extremely a movie line but yeah don't let i mean i uh, don't like the silicon valley companies tell you that you need to be notified of every fucking thing all the time it's not that's not how people should uh like conce- like not like how people should like live like this sort of like connected lives it's not like it's not a good good way to go uh it's it's, it's just detrimental to your mental health uh, long term uh so just 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 manage your notifications and for your own good uh yeah, keep social you,
1: media apps off your phone just go to the website because yeah. you really don't need them notifying you for much yeah. um yeah. if like i like i was telling i was talking to Sack about i was like i don't need masks on my phone because if something breaks there are people there who have my phone number there's three people who have my phone number and if they call me I'll I will pick up the phone, right? Like that's it's it's the notification's gonna get to me. They're on the approved list, right? If they text me about something, I'm gonna see it like immediately and I will know that hey, something's up, I need to go check this out, right? Like it's
0: if it's important, it will come to you. I yeah. think that's the thing. Like if it's important, you gotta like make like uh like if you have like email address or like uh like if you if you to have share your phone number with specific people, obviously, uh uh so they can directly contact you. But yeah, so like make like make the way for like people who are actually have to reach you uh and are important to you and stuff like that uh that should be priority number one uh like yeah so be, don't don't yeah. use
1: mastodon as a chat app that's what, don't use twitter dms use something separate that unbundles um, it from that feed yeah
0: uh, use use a messaging app there are plenty of To choose from.
1: Uh, We're not going to go into that. Uh, It's a recurring
0: topic, but it is an important thing. Uh,
1: No one uh, wants to hear my chat app rant for the six podcasts in a row. No, uh,
0: no. With that, I think we're going to end this podcast uh, before we start on it. Uh, You can find me on Mastodon at statysafe at mastodon.zomboclaw.com and Christian.
1: All right. So uh, I switched things up and made my personal account private because reasons. So um, show stuff, I'm going to move it to uh, the standard media. Account on Mass Song, to Instant standardmediainstance.business. That's where all the show news is going to be at now. I'm going to debundle that for my own personal stuff. Um, so if you want to get show updates, uh, news about the network, or anything like that, you can follow that account, standardmediainstance.business. Um, the podcast network itself is Sipes Radio on Twitter, at Sipes Radio. That is, there's two shades of brown.com and our contact email contact at two shades of brown.com, right?
0: Yep. Uh, with that, I think goodbye.
1: Bye.